that she wants teachers to develop student political consciousness, to be a conflict, to be in opposition, to challenge the American status quo based off of social inequities. Now, what she really means is racial inequities, which is what she defines yep. as the study of critical race theory. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am, of course, Joe Mobley, your host and the original uncloseted conservative. Guys, we are going to be having an awesome conversation about CRT, all the nonsense in the schools, and our guest. Uh, I'm excited to speak with one because it comes as a personal recommendation uh, from a friend that you know and love, Lisa Reynolds herself, who we got to have back on the show sometime. I'm pointing at you, Lisa. Uh, but we've got the one and only... Adam Madavi. Uh, and, you know, I'm particularly excited because, as they say in cyberspace, you brought some receipts. Uh, so, you know, I, I live in Loudoun County, which is kind of the, the seat of blowing the lid off of CRT and school board nonsense. Uh, but it's everywhere. And, and people might think that, uh, you know, southern states like South Carolina, Alabama, Arkansas, those kind of things are safe. Uh, but you've got some receipts from the University of South Carolina in your research. So uh, really excited to get into that. Uh, before we get into that, let's get into this. Tell the people uh, about yourself. Hello, um, my name is Adam Adavi. I am a, a teacher. I'm state certified in the state of South Carolina. I'm a public charter school teacher, and I teach at the South Carolina Preparatory Academy. This is my first year, obviously. I just graduated from the University of South Carolina, graduated with a degree in education, and I'm glad to be on the show today. Thank you, Joe, for having me. Awesome. I, I got to say, you know, you dress like an adult. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm selling shirts, so I got to wear a saucy t-shirt. Uh, this is a patriotic shirt, saucy, so uh... it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It matches your background. It, it really does. Goodness great. Anything we can do to avoid having to do what these guys had to do uh, is, is a good day here in America. Um, so awesome. So how did how did you get involved in in all things CRT? You know, what what got you into being interested in the topic? Well, I went to the University of South Carolina to get a degree in education to finish what I started so long ago. I went back to the University of South Carolina to you know, earn my degree. And I had about 103 credit hours as a hospitality slash accounting major, dropped out in 2010. I went back 10, almost 10 years later. And as a non-traditional marriage student, I've been married since February 22nd, 2019, almost beat that up. But no, we've been married, me and my wife, uh, Dorcas. Um, we've been married for almost uh, almost four years now. So time has flown by. And I, I thought my biggest obstacle at the University of South Carolina was going to be atheism. And so 
when I signed up for classes, you know, I, I signed up for this Southern history course and I signed up for the education courses and lo and behold, what I'm hit with and within the first couple of weeks is this documentary from Ava DuVernay, uh, 13th. I'm slapped with white fragility in my education courses. I'm told uh, that that book is so interesting because Robin D'Angelo, a white woman, writes, you can never trust white people about what they say about the black experience. And it's like, what are you thinking typing that as a white person, <laughs> like as a point of fact? It's just like, I don't even know what what fallacy is that? It it's just total nonsense. Uh, but oh man. So I, I can imagine she's, what she's, Yeah, yeah, like she's I think she's part Jewish. She's got some Jewish in her. So all people who you know should understand that the race card or the or the identity politic is something that should be taboo. You know, you would think it would be, you know, a Jewish person, but you know, I think a couple of weeks ago a month ago, a couple months ago, Ben Shapiro had another Jewish on and Jew, Jewish guy on. I don't know. I don't think he's a practicing Jew. I think he's a he's a, a, a ethnic Jew, but he also is pro identity politic. And so it's 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 common around those that you wouldn't really think would be it would be common around. But hey, I mean, um, it's it's a weird world we're living in. And so I got slapped in the face with in this world uh, with the education bureaucracy when I went to the University of South Carolina College of Education and I became concerned. Atheism was a worry for me, but it it, it became something that was was starting to transition into a per peripheral uh, problem. Now what I'm faced with is this this effective narrative that is turning freshmen boys and girls and sophomore boys and girls into you know traitors to their country or misguided youths against their country and this is this this is the fall of 2019 this is when the new york times published the 1619 project and what happens the following may what starts the following May? A whole bunch of nonsense for three months. Two billion dollars worth of damage. Are you talking about the summer of love? Yeah, the summer of peaceful protest. Yeah, the the summer of uh, Black Lives Matter. And so, what I what I what I began to you know discover is there's this growing sensation in the universities and it's been, and it's been here for quite a while, but now it's starting to really flourish into what it was um, intended to be. And what it was, my, I was just blown away at its effectiveness. I literally sat in the classrooms where we were reading articles about native Americans in South Carolina. And we were really being told that these Indians were as just about as civil as 21st century Americans, even though they had slaves, oh, even though they conquered each other, even though they had slaves, chopped their chopped some of their legs off just so they wouldn't run away. And when their masters died, they would get killed. The, their, in, the Indian slaves would get killed to go serve their masters in the afterlife. And somehow they're just as about as civilized as a 21st century American. And kids were buying it. 
it was amazing when these kids watched 13th, that documentary from Ava DuVernay, which basically says that slavery has just switched plantations into the prison cell. And there's this prison, the pipeline now that America goes and hunts black men. I would say brown men, like, like I, I would say brown, browner men. Like I'm holding in my hand right here. I don't know if you can tell, but it's, it's a black Bible. You, you're, you're wearing a black shirt. I can yeah. see a clear distinction between your skin color and the shirt that you're wearing. So you're brown. Guess what? I'm brown too. I'm just a lighter brown. We're the same color, but yet at the University of South Carolina, there is this division that's drawn. There's this line that's dividing us and it's working. And so I became very concerned during my time. And while we were in the COVID break, because there was a span of time where I could not work, nobody was working and we were all getting checks from the government reluctantly. And I just stayed home and I said, you know what? I want to see what I can discover about what, what I'm like, who am I reading behind at the University of South Carolina? Who is, who are some of these authors by, uh, that I'm, that I'm being given? So I did some discovery. I did some research and I found some amazing material that I think your listeners would be very interested in knowing. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of this nonsense too. So let's uh, let's put it up here. Okay, so right here we have a a clip from a book called Critical Race Theory: An Introduction. You hear Ben Shapiro quote from this. Um, you hear other people, um, uh, James Lindsay quote from this book as well. But here in this particular clip we see that edu education is an institution that has absorbed the mission of critical race theory. And this is what, uh, this is what Richard Delgado, one of the main framers of critical race theory says in his book, and this is like page three, but yet all we hear today is that critical race theory is a graduate level field. But Richard Delgado says otherwise, this is what he says. He says, although critical race theory, CRT, began as a movement in the law, it has rapidly spread beyond that discipline. Today, many in the field of education consider themselves critical race theorists who use CRT's ideas to understand the issues of controversies over curriculum and history. Unlike some academic disciplines, critical race theory contains an activist dimension. It not only tries to understand our social situation, but to change it, to transform it for the better. And then a page before that, he defines what critical race theory is, at least what he tries to do. Um, and he's one of the founders. He said that it's a movement and, and is a collection of activists and scholars interested in studying the transforming relationship among race, racism, and power. And you hear from Kimberly Crenshaw, even in interviews today that she gives, that critical race theory is a tool to understand race, racism, and power in America. And below this, I have some books right here. It's on the same tie. It's on the same slide. These are books that tell people, that tell teachers how to implement critical race theory ideas into the curriculum, into the lesson plans. Book one, critical race theory matters, education and ideology. For goodness sakes, we hear all the time that critical race theory is not in state standards, that it's only in graduate level schools. 
Look at what this book, next book says. It says the handbook of critical race theory in education. And then the next book is very interesting. It's edited by a woman called Gloria Ladson Billings. And that's who we're going to focus on today. In chapter two, page 20, the, um, I think it was Cynthia Tyson that wrote this chapter. She explains and defines critical race theory as a way to retain a civic memory of a nation. Then she goes on to say how critical race theory can be applied to a fourth grade classroom by presenting slave narratives whenever the fourth grade class is covering the Constitution of the United States. And the, there's a response given by a student. So right here is exhibit A, that critical race theory has two dimensions. It has a dimension in academics, but it also has a way of being practiced in education, in the K through 12 education fields by the teachers. And it's being and it's being promulgated in the education system today. Like I said, today we'll be talking about Gloria Ladson Billings, and Ladson Billings wrote an article um, some time ago. We we'll want to get to that in a, in a second here. You can take the slide down. But um, what do you think about that? What have you been hearing, Joe? That critical race theory is not in schools. What do you make of when you hear that and when you read the things that I just presented to you? Well, I was I was one of the mad dads, one of the fight for schools, you know, guys and gals out there in the streets at the school board meetings. Uh, so I, I know better. I, I know that it is. And here in Loudoun County, we uncovered so much of the nefarious activities. One, they said at the time, if you can remember back, um, uh, Ralph Northam was governor. He said, there's no such thing as CRT. Terry McAuliffe was running for governor uh, to, to replace him. Um, both, you know, prominent Democrats, Terry McAuliffe was the former governor of Virginia before uh, Northam, said that there is such thing as CRT and it is essential and it must be taught. So they couldn't get their talking point straight. And then we went and looked at the documents. Five simple steps. That's all that separates you from the life you have and the life you wish you had. By now, you know that I've led in the toughest environments imaginable. I've built organizations from the ground up. I consulted with one of the world's largest and most influential consulting firms, and I've built unbeatable teams time and time again. I'm living the life that I always dreamed of, and now I'm dreaming of a bigger vision for the future, and I'm gonna get it. The question is, are you going to get the life you've always dreamed of? What I did isn't easy, but it is simple. Book a free coaching call and I'll tell you my five secrets to crush your goals and make your dreams a reality. Heck, I'll tell them to you now. To get the life you want, the career you want, the family you want, build the legacy that lasts, you have to make these five changes in your life. Realize excellence is the only standard. Never compete with others. Compete with what you're capable of. Be bold and courageous. This is the only path to greatness. Realize no one's opinion is worth more than yours. Authenticity matters. Persistence matters more. There you have it. 
five not so easy but incredibly simple strategies to help you crush your goals and win the life of your dreams. Now you can take it and run with it and see how you do on your own or you can book a free coaching call with me and I'll help you unpack how these skills can change your life right now today. What do you have to lose? except for your dream spouse, dream career, family, legacy. I'm sure you'll get along fine without those. Book a free coaching call today. Go to thejoemobleyshow.com slash coach. Guys, the link is in the show notes. Book your free call now, thejoemobleyshow.com slash coach. Loudoun County Public Schools paid Ibram X. Kendi and others upwards of $5,000 an hour, and it's on the receipts. It's in the contracts. There are matters of public record that we had to FOIA at four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 a pop per FOIA. Um, and the title of the contract is the, the title of the training that, you know, Henry Rogers brought was called CRT Implementation Plan 2023. It's like, wow. wait a minute. So we're not doing CRT, but we're paying tens of thousands of dollars for a CRT implementation implementation plan from Ibram X. Kendi, uh, who he's all over Loudon, he's all over Fairfax, he's all over the U the U.S. with this indoctrination bullcrap. Um, and yeah. one last thing that I'll say about that before you move forward is. Just like the left tries to do with the 1619 project, and it's like, let's try and connect this thing that's happening now to some obscure event in the past, just like they're rewriting what Native American life was actually like, warring tribes where they would boil their enemies, they would skin them alive, uh, all kinds of other things. That's that's what you know, the, the pre-colonial American story looked like. It wasn't everyone sitting around singing Kumbaya. Um, so just like they try and rewrite these things. When when we look back at CRT, a critical theory, a, a binary system, a social binary, a racial binary, whatever you want to make in the binary instead of zeros and ones, it's black and white. It's this race or that race. It's this religion or that religion goes back to the Frankfurt School. This is something that literal, uh, you know, when when Hitler was the, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say the German word, but when he was Humpty Dumpty, you know, all the king's horses and all the king's men, he had them doing this. This is their research, their methodology to make a social binary in us and them, a have and a have not. The bourgeoisie did the same thing. Hitler did the same thing with his doctors at the Frankfurt School. That's where critical theory comes from. And they're trying to pretend that it doesn't, but it does. And it infected us through the criminal justice system, which was a mistake. I don't care why someone committed the crime. I don't care why they're in my house, why they're beating a child or or uh, committing assaults against women. The the facts of the case is what's matter. Uh, so anyway, the how... And what are they? Go ahead. One of the interesting pieces is that we're finding out in real time, the education establishment does not want us to uncover, you know, what exactly their cronies are doing, whether they be principals, assistant principals, uh, academic coaches, and third party vendors, and uh, teachers alike, activists alike. And so what is happening now 
that there's this huge cover-up. It's been a, it's a 2020, it seemed like the Black Lives Matter movement, it did something well for the left and for the socialists, for the communists, but it also uncovered what they're doing when the schools started sending this crazy homework to the, to the, where they get the kids. But I would be want to, I want to put this next slide up here. So Gloria Ladson Billings, she wrote a book called Dream Keepers, and it focuses basically on browner children of African descent. And it's amazing to me how we're told that critical race theory is not in K-12 schools. It's a graduate level way of thinking. It's a gradual, it's presented only in graduate schools. But yet right here, in the author, about the author, she writes this about herself. Of course, all of her accolades. And of course, this is in 1995. But she, she says it's about herself. She says she also investigates critical race theory applications to education. Let me ask you a question, Joe. Does that look like a law student on the cover? <laughs> no, that looks like a six or eight-year-old. No, it's, <laughs> it's a young little boy, right? And so this is not a law student. Also, when, when we speak about education or schooling, um, or even the language here, education, schooling, teachers on the cover of the book, uh, listener, viewer, you have to understand there is meaning of words. So usually when we're talking about collegiate, they use words like collegiate. Uh, they'll use words like academia, intelligentsia, uh, something mm -hmm. to delineate between, you know, the, the two different professions, a K through 12 teacher, uh, it's, it's, it's a different profession than a college professor. Um, strangely enough in the top five, uh, professions to, to become regular people who, uh, have net worths of more than a million dollars. Teacher is number three, um, not professor. Professors are generally not wise with their money and teaching woke stuff like this. Um, but yeah, the language, not even the imagery and the language all over this screams K through 12, the education system. College is not oh, counted well, as the education system. We're going to create a different, we're going to differentiate between education and what takes place in legal scholarship. First of all, does this name sound familiar? Derek Bell. He's the grandfather of critical race theory. Ben Shapiro yep. talks about him. Um, James Lindsay talks about him. Christopher Rufo talks about him. And this is what, on page 142 of this book, Gloria says to do, for teachers to do. And the context of this page is teachers going through a struggle against the system, trying to create systemic change. Now, she says she wants to take Derrick Bell's idea again, uh, or the Derrick Bell struggle against permanent racism. And in the second paragraph, it says she wants to extend his concepts to education, okay, so that they don't legitimize the inequities that she believes is going around the nation's schools. She's not saying she's saying schools, not universities, not colleges. Okay, so and she's talking about the in the classrooms working in opposition to the system. That's what she's saying in order to permeate the schools with Derek Bell's ideology. She wants it to be done in the nation's classrooms, not universities, but classrooms. Also, 
let's see here. The main goal of culturally relevant pedagogy is to get students to question, to have a conflicting or opposing view of America because it has structural inequalities by racism, and that's supposedly the social justice cry. Okay, so and in this paragraph right here, she says, the teachers I studied work in opposition to the system that employs them. In her study, she's not talking about university professors. She's talking about K through 12 teachers. Oh, and this book, Dream Keepers, is based on eight teachers that she selected. So I don't know how she prevented confirmation bias uh, for her, you know, long-term study here, but that's a problem. And that really puts a constraint on her findings. So she investigates how to apply critical race theory to schools. She wants to get Derek Bell's idea into the nation's classrooms. And here she, she attacks on this page, page 35, she attacks colorblindness. She says the attempt to colorblindness masks disconscious racism. Disconscious racism, have we heard of that in the past two, three years since the 1619 yep. riots? Yeah, so culturally relevant pedagogy is exactly what this book is arguing for. And you can take the uh, screen down now, but this is a problem because the teachers that are being trained at the University of South Carolina were given Gloria Ladson Billings literature all day, every day, and it's, it's abhorrent. And we're taught how to really get students to critique, how to get white middle-class students to critique their privilege. Now, I'm gonna click on this next slide here. And if you can bring this up. This, this stuff is all over corporate America too. Just listening to this. Um, I, I used to work at one of the largest consulting firms in the world, and this, uh, oh man, I mean, a lot of these statements are just like the slides that we were receiving for the mandatory training that um, when I was there, 530,000, now over 600,000 employees had to go through, and it's indoctrination. This is re-education, folks. This is, you know, this is, the sky is not blue, the grass is not green. Two plus two does not equal four. But it... Yeah, they definitely do away with knowledge and they destroy knowledge. They destroy the capacity to know what is plain and obvious, which was what we would call uh, we would call knowledge. When the plain sense is common sense, seek no other sense, lest you be left with nonsense. But that's right. <laughs> this is so totally here. random. But why does she always have her arms like this? Like, seriously, like Google a picture of uh uh gloria ladson billings and she always has her like is it me she always it has her arms like you know crossed. what you know what joe it doesn't surprise me a woman of division is always crossed it doesn't Here, it, I'm gonna it doesn't do it. surprise me <laughs> she's even crossed okay herself. i one two three four five okay i googled her five of the five six seven eight five of the top eight photos boom different photos arms crossed not making this up, folks. That's so weird. Sorry, sorry. Random. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. I, absolutely. Um, this article right here. Just read that title, man. Toward a critical race theory of education. Now, here's where somebody can say, "Well, education in law schools, not so fast." 
Johnny, let's read this first paragraph, or actually the second sentence. This article argues for a critical race theoretical perspective in education, analogous to that of critical race theory in legal scholarship by developing three propositions. And she goes on to talk about America uh, having significant race issues, um, America being based on property rights rather than human rights. And she talks about the intersection of race and property as a tool for understanding inequity, which is critical race theory, which is what she's wanting to implement into education analogous to that of critical race theory in legal scholarship. So here, here is the, the breadwinner. This takes the cake. This is Gloria's manifesto for education. Now, she writes this with um, Dr. William Tate IV, who is now the president of um, LSU down there in Louisiana. He was actually the provost of the University of South Carolina when I went there for one year. He took me out to lunch, bought me a sub, very nice man. And he said that he, he has left this scholarship. He's no longer involved in this scholarship. But Gloria published a book last year, 2021. We're still in 2022. And so last year, she published a book, which I already showed on the screen. And it says CRT in education. The very first chapter is this article right here, this one. Hmm. So if he has left the field, why is he allowing her to post the article that they wrote together? And why is he going around and talking about how Kimberly Crenshaw, one of the key founders, if not the key founder in critical race theory, the woman who coined the term critical race theory and intersectionality, saying that she wrote an article called Race Retrenchment and Reform, and that changed his life. He's still going about saying that. So I don't know if he's totally left. I don't. He may have left the field of scholarship, like officially, but he still holds on to these tenets. But this article shows there is a difference between what is going on in the law schools and what is going on in education in K through 12 schools. Does it say K through 12? No, it says education. But then it says education analogous to that of critical race theory in legal scholarship. My friend, this is. This is exactly what people are saying. What this is what CNN, MSNBC, this is the yeah. know, bureaucratic. They're all saying it's not in there. It's not in there. When Gloria Ladson Billings has spent almost the past thirty years describing and teaching, indoctrinating universities and teachers how to get a critical race theoretical perspective in the schools. So the, you can this is you can take that down. Well, I, I want to leave it up for just a sec. This is where the rubber meets the road, folks, because uh, we, we've been told we've been told that they're not doing this. They are. This is not a stupid woman. This is this is an ill-intentioned woman, yeah. um, but she's not dumb. So when we look at this analogous to something, we're doing this kind of like this, that that's significant, that's substantial. And it's one of those instances when someone tells you who they are, when someone tells you what they're doing, when someone tells you something about themselves, even if it's sick and twisted and nefarious, believe it. This is what they're, this is what they're about. And what you, what you got to know about her is um, 
you know, uh, and Adam, you said manifesto. It's kind of funny because I was thinking uh, Marxism in the back of my head. She's a cultural Marxist, and I don't even like the word cultural Marxist. She's just a Marxist. Um, so how they go about getting power is by making the individual smaller, less significant, and ultimately obsolete. And that that corporate, that corporate or private partnership with the government, bigger government, bigger systems, smaller individuals. So they're railing against things like property rights. That's a red flag. Property rights are essential to your rights as a human. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm enjoying the, the warmth inside the home. But if I don't have the right to this property, then my life becomes, you know, the things about my life become greatly in question about my children's lives. It's it's like what, like 19 degrees outside? <laughs> I was on a meeting mm -hmm. with someone today. It was, it was negative eight where she was. Uh, she did a share screen and someone else was like, holy crap, negative eight. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, thank you. No ma'am, no ham, oh, no spam, no turkey for me. So yeah. if you can share the next screen, this is another article that we're actually given at the University of South Carolina College of Education in our teacher development program. It's called, But That's Just Good Teaching. And I compared that to another article, to another paragraph in the article that we just looked at toward a critical race theory of education. So just in case somebody says that someone, one of your viewers goes and talks to somebody about culturally relevant pedagogy, maybe a, maybe a teacher or a university professor, and they say, what is culturally relevant pedagogy? And the professor may say, or that person may say, well, it's just a way to engage the student's culture and drive for academic excellence. Okay, that may sound good, but that's not what the pioneer of culturally relevant pedagogy says. I'm, I'm a Christian. And I'm taught whenever I'm talking to somebody who has a different faith than me, go back to the pioneers of their religion and look at the text in which they wrote and use that material to drive the discussion to the opponent. And this is what I do here to your viewers. I hope that they can use this information effectively in love, in humility. So culturally relevant pedagogy by its pioneer is defined, yes, um, it wants students to experience academic success. That's number A. Number B, students must develop or maintain cultural competence. Sounds good, right? But let's look at C. Students must develop a critical consciousness through which they challenge the status quo of the current social order. Next paragraph, when she talks about, well, not the next paragraph, later in the article, she defines what critical consciousness means. And then she says, well, you know, it's not enough for students to shoot for academic excellence. And it's not enough for them to be culturally grounded. She says beyond those, I'm in the, I'm in the second clip on the second paragraph. She says beyond those skills and abilities or beyond those individual characteristics of academic achievement and cultural competence, students must develop a broader socio-political consciousness that allows them to critique the cultural norms, values, mores, and institutions that produce and maintain social inequities. She doesn't justify or try to show you the cause of those social inequities. She assumes it's racism. She assumes that um, it's the malintent of the structure of America. Okay, so she's teaching students, she's teaching teachers to teach their students to be at conflict with their nation. Teachers are being taught. Let me say it again. 
to how teachers are taught to develop a sociopolitical consciousness in their classrooms so that the students in those classrooms will be at conflict opposition to America. Guys, it's a new year and there are new sales at mypillow.com. Don't miss out. The most comfortable sheets. I love my my pillow sheets. Guys, they've got incredible deals on their slippers. They're usually one 39. You can get them for 49 bucks right now, which is totally insane. You can get their sheets. Guys, you can get their classic pillow, their premium my pillow, and my wife's personal favorite. You got to look at the towels and robes. My wife would live in her my pillow robe if it were socially acceptable. You got to get in on these savings, guys. MyPillow.com, promo code Mobley. Mobley is spelled M O B. L-E-Y, mindpillow.com, promo code Mobley. Go there now. Now, in, in the second paragraph in the first part, under what is cultural development pedagogy, she says in the very first sentence of the second paragraph, I have defined culturally relevant teaching as a pedagogy of opposition. Opposition to America. Now, listen to what she says in almost the last page of the previous article that we looked at before, toward a critical race theory of education. She says this, thus critical race theory in education, like its antecedent in legal scholarship is a radical critique of both the status quo and its purported civil rights reforms. That's what she's doing. She's critiquing the civil rights reforms. And so right here, we have Gloria Ladson Billings in two articles saying that she wants teachers to develop student political consciousness, to be a conflict, to be in opposition, to challenge the American status quo based off of social inequities. Now, what she really means is racial inequities, which is what she defines yep. as the study of critical race theory. Man, this this stuff is amazing, and it's it's stuff that people don't want to talk about. But you know, you're you're not going to see this on CNN, MSNBC. Um, a lot of times, you're not even going to see it on Fox News. But you are going to see it in the classroom, and that's the for all of the crazy and ridiculous things that went on with COVID. Um, you know, the, you the say, silver lining. Now, now, now you say, well, Adam. Mr. Madabi, you say that she wants to teach this, but critical race theory is not explicitly stated by name in the state standards. It's not in the state standards. It's not in the Virginia state standards. It's not in South Carolina, where I am, state standards. It's not in the state standards. So how can you say she's going to implement this critical race theory? Okay, good question. I was trained at the University of South Carolina to go around state standards. There's this book called Unstandardizing Curriculum. It shows teachers how to subvert state standards by minimizing the state standards in their lesson plans by working backwards in what is called backward classroom lesson design, backwards design. What you do you start off with an idea. Well, that sounds like, interesting. Like systematic racism. 
and then you work backwards to create your assessments in your class to see how students are learning the material. But you use the state standards creatively so that you can teach your ideology in the classroom. So ideology is taught in the teacher preparation programs to eclipse and overwhelm and overshadow state standards. So yes, the teachers can say, well, you know what, we're just teaching state standards, but it's not just state standards that they're teaching. They're teaching their ideology, which is overshadowing their state standards. Like this, for so example. This, this is not a joke. I just Googled that because it sounded super interesting. It says backwards design the basics, but like <laughs> cult of pedagogy. <laughs> what? That's that's super cringe. I'm I'm gonna have to be reading up on this. Sarah, you were saying? No, man. Go ahead and show uh, share that screen. I'm glad you showed that. That, yeah. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> but it's funny that nobody else is coming out with this. Only me. It's crazy. And thank you for having yeah. me on. I really Especially. It. Especially educators and people who, you know, I went to school for music and homeland security. They they weren't teaching us things. There are all those TikToks coming out where the teachers are like, it doesn't matter what the policies say. I have the kids for X number of hours a day. They're going to know what I teach them. They're going to know the truth. And that's scary as heck, dude. And like, I've never even heard of this backwards design. Mm-hmm. This sounds super cringe and they're teaching it like they're they're teaching it in college. It, it's it's like military. It's like subversive tactics. Marxism, man, like you said before. So I have right here the next slide that I want your viewers and you to you to see is the exact plan of how Gloria Ladson Billings promotes this. So in this book called Teaching for Diversity and Social Justice on page 25. It talks about critical race theory and it talks about Gloria Ladson Billings and Tate in the 1995 article, but it says that they want to refocus attention to the centrality of racism to U.S. sociopolitical, legal, and educational systems. They draw on the work of critical race legal scholars Derek Bell and Richard Delgado. So in the next paragraph, it's long. I'm not going to read all of it. What I'm basically going to do is just summarize it. So the way that critical race activists get students to develop a conflicting view, to develop an opposition to America, is that teachers will show photographs or they will show short clips or they'll show narratives of, of let's see, of... Uh, They'll give, they'll, they'll show counter narratives. So counter, counter narratives is oh, did, a does that make it smaller? critical race theory tenant. It is a tenant of critical race theory. And so counter stories will give, will give browner students. They say black or African-American, but I, I say we're all one. We're all I, I, one shape. We're all. Yeah, yeah, we're all I, different I never shades say African-American because we're not from Africa. And like eight of the 10 people I know from Africa are white. Oh. 
And so these critical race theorists, activists in their classrooms, they'll share counter stories. Now, this is where 1619 Project and Stamped from Ibram X. Kendi or uh, 400 Souls or How to Be an Anti-Racist uh, come into play. Critical race theory, one of their main tenets is counter narratives. So it's a, it's a narrative that is given to students that creates an opportunity for browner students to internalize this victimhood mentality and then name, this is what they say, name their reality of victimhood, okay, to ch challenge the he hegemonic master narrative. So, for example, I'll show you, so, so counter stories, this is what I want you to show. Counter stories is an element of critical race theory. And this is how Gloria Latson Billings has developed her pedagogy. Okay, so they use counter narratives to go against any law or founding document in the American Revolution. All right, so an example of this is right here. I'll just show you this clip. In this book, in this book called Critical Race Theory Perspectives on Social Studies, um, Cynthia Tyson says this, uh, this is page 16. The first paragraph is page 16. The second paragraph is page 20. She says she will, she gives the out, she gives the purpose of critical race theory and she defines it. But the second paragraph is where I want to draw your viewers attention. It says critical race theory can operate as a tool to fill in the gaps in the collective memory of civic knowledge. She says the integration of narratives of those enslaved juxtaposed, for example, with many founding documents would facilitate a critique of power and the role of oppression and empowerment in what it means to be a citizen in a democracy. We're a republic, constitutional republic, by the way. And she goes on to say, as a fourth grade teacher in a public school, fourth grade teacher in a public school. Let me say that again. Fourth grade teacher in a public school. I knew students were required to read a primary source document. And so she goes on to say that whenever she reads the Constitution, she's going to implement a, uh, she's going to use a slave narrative so the students can couple those together. So they'll read them at the same time. So critical race theory is being synthesized in our classrooms whenever teachers give counter narratives to students written by um, browner people or Marxists, Malcolm X, it can be, um, uh, what's, what was that, what was that guy that, um, Howard Zinn, not white, I mean, not, not black, Howard Zinn was a white historian, he fought in World War II, but he was one of the main pioneers of this anti-truth history, so a counter-narrative in the eyes of critical race theory, in reality, is a is a counter truth it counters the truth you gotta you gotta realize that critical race theory is coming from critical theory and it's being borrowed from legal studies legal storytelling so in law you oppose what your opposition is saying no matter what 
no matter what, as long as it sticks with some sort of the facts. And you can pepper the facts with lies, with a narrative. You can give a half-truth and the other a mistruth or a counter-truth in order to make your claim to the jury. And so untruths, misinformation, disinformation is, in the critical race theorist perspective, a counter-narrative just so long as it opposes the main narrative that America is an exceptional place, America fought for freedom as opposed for slavery. So a counter narrative is just this. It is a disingenuous way of influencing a political mindset on the students who are vulnerable, naive, and moldable, and credulous to the teacher that is teaching them. Many people know about our clinic, but most don't realize we help patients around the globe reach their health goals. Deep down, you know there's got to be a way to get there, but you don't know where to start. Our starter plan is the first step. You'll get everything you need to experience a health transformation in 120 days. You'll start by resetting your health with a two-week detox. Then you'll implement our proven anti-inflammatory food plan. On top of this, you'll get a 120-day supply of essential supplements, omega-3, and vitamin DK, as well as our homeopathic drops to accelerate your health goals. Go to Sherwood.tv now and use the promo code on your screen to receive this exclusive offer and save a total of $80. This is your path to more energy and better health. Yeah, this is this is teachers taking advantage of students, particularly young students. Um, this is some heavy stuff. We got about seven minutes left, uh, so I definitely want to. Uh, we can we can get into other slides, but if there's anything. <laughs> If there's a positive spin or something, an action item, something people can do, I definitely want to leave maybe three to five minutes at the end for that. Um, because, I mean, you're doing it. You're you're one. We, we need people to spill the beans, so to speak, about this. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this is I, – I live and breathe this stuff, and this is super uh, informative to me. I know the listeners are going to really enjoy this as well. Well, one thing that they can do is they can follow people like Christopher Rufo. They can go to Hillsdale uh, College Online Courses. Um, they can look up David Barton. They can look up Rick Green, Rick Green, uh, David Barton at Wall Builders, Rick Green over at Patriot Academy. If they want more of the science, the idea of race, what they call race, they can look up this guy called uh, Nathaniel Jensen, Dr. Nathaniel Jensen, Harvard grad. Um, he just came out with an amazing piece of work a couple like a year or two ago called Traced, where he actually traces um, all the genealogies through the chromosome research. Um, it's very good. But some some takeaways for your list from your viewers, um, if you don't mind sharing the screen. So what we need to do is we need to recapture the narrative. Black power activists like Glory Ladson Billings, Ava DuVernay, Ibram Kendi and Nicole Hannah-Jones want to make white people feel guilty and shameful so that they don't even have the 
intellectual capacity to make an argument against their counter narrative. They want to take the moral authority away, not just from quote unquote white people, but also from um, browner people than me uh, from countering their counter narrative, from telling the truth. They want to take the moral authority away from those who actually use all the facts and who actually want to have a real nuanced view of history. So one thing that we need to do is we need to take back the narrative. We need to file lawsuits, gather evidence, and retain lawyers. We need to let people like Joe run this narrative, um, get the leverage in social media, and we, we, we need to do a lot of things. Um, one of the things that I, I want, I'm, I'm doing right now is um, I'm a part of a lawsuit that is fighting against critical race theory coming into South Carolina through third party vendors. Now, this, some of this material, if not all of it, came from Christopher Rufo. So this slide is basically an email that I got from Christopher Rufo that he sends out on a mass email uh, advising uh, legislators and activists on what to do. So these are some takeaways that you can do. Um, basically, defund the diversity, equity, and inclusion offices in your state, in your county, and redirect those funds for a positive narrative a truthful narrative. We don't just want to say positive. America has not always been doing what is right. But imagine George Washington Carver. How many failures did George Washington Carver have before he had scientific success? If we just focused on George Washington Carver's failures, we would have enough to write about to create a narrative of him of looking like a failure. But what he accomplished overrid and overshadowed his failures. The fact that America had slavery is overshadowed by the fact that when America was made, it was navigated in a direction that would oppose it, that would have direct conflict with the institution of the international slave trade and the domestic slave trade, and it would eventually be eradicated politically. That was the direction of our founding fathers even though they themselves inherited slaves and maintained slaves. So they, they set the course on, they set the nation on the right course, which overshadows anything that the critical race activists would call hypocritical actions. And so that's what I would like to leave your viewers with today. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good points, man. The time has flown by. It really has. Um, is there anywhere where people can get in touch with you, uh, either social media or maybe, um, maybe we'll put an email address in the links. Cause you, you gotta, this message has got to be shouted from the rooftops. You got to get on a bunch more shows. Well, I would love to share my, okay. I was going to say, how do I stop sharing my screen? Um, so they can, uh, I'm just. I just graduated from the University of South Carolina, man. I'm I, I don't have a whole lot of ways of getting in contact with me. There there's no official. Well, I'll we'll do this uh, because well, people send me hate mail. People also send me wonderful messages. Always like to get them. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch with Adam, then email ask at the Joe Mobley Show and put Adam uh, Mudavi 
will get a lot of misspelling. So just put Adam in the subject line and I will make sure that you guys get connected, um, especially if you want to have him on your show, uh, radio, podcast, video streaming show like this. Um, but yeah, this was, it's weird to say, cause it's enjoyable for me. It's weird to say like, Oh, this is a ton of fun. Um, I like learning new things. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to look into this backward design education scheme they've got going here. How, Oh yeah, man, everything out, is just about it. Just... Check out that book on standardizing curriculum. Don't just look at the backwards design look at that book on standardizing curriculum it'll blow you away my friend they talk about how to implement your ideology in the classroom and they're doing it and it's critical race theory but they're using state standards as a shield but they're undermining state <laughs> standards which is the subtitle is crazy. multicultural teaching <laughs> what? sure what is wrong with these inclusive? people? You know, I watched an interview with Gloria Ladson Billings. She, I don't know if I can say this or not for running low on time, but I, I watched an interview with Gloria Ladson Billings and she critiqued Christopher Rufo. It was a recent interview and she critiqued Christopher Rufo, Christopher Rufo by, because he's like, you know what, everyone, we got to make this, we got to make critical race theory toxic. Well, she criticized him for that. But 30 years ago, Kimberly Crenshaw was saying the exact same thing about a positive view of American history. She was saying to make a battle for inclusion, to use the logic of America against it in order to gain positions of influence and then switch the powers, switch, switch the power scheme up. We're, we're the oppressed and the oppressors or the oppressed can become the new dominating class if we would just use the institution's logic against the institution that employs us. So who's saying that it's it's toxic, Gloria? Is it Christopher Rufo who is trying to autocorrect history and autocorrect everything? Or is it Kimberly Crenshaw who doubted the American founding without understanding anything, without understanding the American founding. How can you critique something if you don't understand it? And how can you critique something when you even say that there's no such thing as black or white or more or good and evil and truth and a lie? You have no knowledge. You get away with knowledge. You do away with knowledge. You destroy knowledge. And that's the underpinning of our argument against this movement. Yep. Spot on. Spot on. Uh, well, Adam, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. Um, I look forward to having you on again, uh, maybe sometime later in the year. Uh, well, later in 2023. Uh, so. <laughs> it's the 23rd of December for anyone who's watching. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Set one more week, uh, man. One more week. You got any yeah. football teams you're rooting for in the bowl game? I don't. I, I fell out of love with sports over the last seven or ten years or so i, uh, I, I, I was an athlete and i was very involved and into all the sports and one by one they kind of fell off um yeah well i would say you look like an athlete but i'll be accused of racism by somebody so <laughs> <laughs> yeah canceled man that's hilarious 
Well, right, thanks man. so much for coming on. Guys, you know the things. Like, share, subscribe. Big Tech's not going to do it, so share it with someone. It's a click of a button. Uh, and, whoa, I'm glad that this is empty because my phone just fell on it. Uh, but anyway, and it's water, folks, not moonshine or whatever you accuse me of drinking on here. And I uh, like, share, subscribe. The glass was half full. You didn't say the glass was half empty. So, Joe, you're a positive guy. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> My pleasure, Adam. Thanks so much. <laughs> to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.